Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody is well. Coming at you live in a new place today, in an undisclosed location here. It's amazing we're talking about happiness. It couldn't have come at a better time, I think. So for those of you who are, I think, along the East Coast, if you're watching this from wherever you're watching this, uh, we have been uh, somewhat hit or touched or tapped, I don't know, by uh, Hurricane Isaias. And as a result, lots of people, including our home, lost power. So it's amazing we're having this conversation about happiness and how happiness leads to success. And yesterday we had this, this trap that we identified where we're waiting for an outcome to be happy. We get to the outcome and it doesn't make us happy just as much as potato chips don't satiate your body, right? It's just okay for a moment. You don't feel happy. You assume it's because you don't have enough. You keep on the journey. And then at some point you wake up and it's like, I don't want to say it's too late, but you look back at all the years of which you could have had happiness and you remember all the times that you wasted because you were assuming that happiness is someplace else than right at this moment. We went through some of the studies yesterday about the doctors and the children, all the different research that was done, the quote by Sean Anker, the work that was done. I believe we spoke a little bit about Sonia Lubomarski and her work with a dinner or a diner where they went through all the studies and they showed that positive emotions, optimism, happiness, empowerment is actually the cause of success, not the other way around. You don't sort of go through life half upset and then wake up one morning after you've crossed the rainbow and ended up into a pot of gold and now live your life happy. And you see this, by the way, even with children, for those of you who are raising young children, when you get them a big gift, like the anticipation of that gift is unbelievable. They get it and they're like, this is it. Like I'm happy forever. And then within two days, there is no measurable happiness to them. In fact, sometimes the gift has lost its wear. And as a result, they go back to being themselves. And that was the research we did yesterday also um, with Dan Gilbert and the paraplegics versus the tenured faculty member. I want to do one more bit of research too, and then just really talk, talk about it, especially as a good example of what we're going through right now. So they did a study, I think the largest longitudinal study that they have on happiness is a study done by nuns. Uh, Andy's probably, as he's, he's Googling as I'm talking. They did a study on nuns. Um, I believe, I don't know when they, when, when they started the study, but it was for their entire lives. What they did was they identified a group of nuns. Now, the reason why nuns are great to study academically, here it is, it's already up. Two seconds in, it's already on the, on the chats. He's the magic man, that's why. So nuns are great to study because nuns are very, they're, they're contained, right? It's not like one lives here and has this diet and this relationship with her and one lives here and has this job. Like people are complex, but when you take any sub-demographic of people, they're easier to study. So nuns are living basically in similar conditions. They've got similar relationships, right? Like they have very similar lives and they track them over the course of their lives. As they got towards the later years of life, their seventies, their eighties, they found 
that when they were looking at their diaries in the beginning of their lives, they were able to put them in terms of happiness levels into four quadrants. Happy, somewhat happy, not happy, or not happy at all. Based on how they, they, they diaried, how they journaled. You can tell by how someone journals, how happy they are. And when they got towards the end of their lives, they realized that the ones that lived the longest, the ones that were the healthiest, by far were in that happiest quadrant. And it drives the point that happiness is not something that we're going to get in life. It's a muscle. You're not going to wake up one morning and get the ability to run a marathon. It's just not going to happen. It's just not how we're programmed. Maybe there's some people that will. Of course, there's some people that are more predisposed. Of course, the people that are much more inclined to. Yeah. With everything in life, there are people like that. There are people that grew up in homes where everybody ran, and so they ran. People that grew up in homes where everybody ate healthy, so they ate healthy, and it feels natural for them. There are people that are, that are born taller, people that are born longer legs, people that, yeah, their metabolisms are crooked. Yeah, of course. But for the most part, regular people don't accomplish large tasks because they work on them. They develop a muscle. And when they first develop that muscle, that muscle feels very uncomfortable. And they use an enormous amount of energy and exertion to get through what they went through and hold on to a level of strength that that muscle needs to rise towards. So if you'd go into the mind of somebody training for a marathon, you would see that when they get to the mile that they can't run, Right when they're in mile five, and now they're trying to push to mile six. Between mile five and mile six, it doesn't feel like them. It feels like they can't, and their body is going. What are you doing? We don't have the strength for this. This doesn't feel right. But their brain is going. Hold on. They're forcing their brains to adapt to the reality that they're in versus adapting to the reality that reality their body is in. Hope that's making sense. So the idea when you're sitting to do push-ups and you can only get through 12, but you said you want to do 15 and those last three kill. Nobody would look back and go, well, I guess I can't do push-ups. No, that's how it works. That's how muscles work you get to a place where it doesn't feel natural and then you superimpose what you want on the situation that you're in because you know what you want and know that the reason why you can't get it is because your body is not built yet for it. But if you work hard and you bring your body up to your dreams and not your dreams down to your body, at some point, the way you are built to some extent, you're not going to get taller necessarily, but to some extent, you are built in a way that will enable you to get to a place you couldn't have got to earlier. It comes without even realizing it. And that's really the joy of anyone who's ever worked out or ran or played a sport or really done anything. Or even, by the way, took any, any test. Never been in like, you know, school and you tried. The first school that I tried out was law school. I didn't really try much before. Then a little bit in college just to get to law school, but it was law school. And I remember killing myself 
I mean, killing myself and going up against like the valedictorian of every local school. Like, <laughs> it was like, I'm like, I'm not like a naturally smart guy. And everybody in my class was like some valedictorian of some school. And I remember the hours and hours and hours and hours. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I can't. And then pushing and pushing and pushing. And finally you get to the test and there's like a sense of like, wait, I think I can do this. So I want to take all of that, that we all know well, and we all tell people about, and we've probably given this over to people in different forms, whether it's our friends or our family or our children, but now just put the, put the muscle of happiness in there. Just put the muscle of happiness in there. And you see, it's the same thing. Happiness is a muscle. It needs to be exercised. When it's exercised regularly, it gets stronger. When it gets stronger, it goes through longer distances. And the stronger it gets, the more it could last in environments that are not naturally happy. And I saw this yesterday with my own family. So yesterday, this is why I'm here. I'm in uh, an office doing this now because I have no power in my house. Usually I get to do this in front of my own study. So yesterday we're sitting in our home at around 1.30 and the power goes. Now, to be honest, the power has gone before in our neighborhood, but usually it's within an hour it's back on. And it didn't seem like we got hit by a hurricane. Like it rained and it was windy, but it really, from my perspective, it wasn't more than that. But apparently it was. So two, three, five, seven, eight, nine. Everyone's home now. The neighborhood's out now. And when you're in that environment, it's, you know, it's something power outages are very interesting things. So a lot of them analyzing this. Those of you who know me, like maybe a little too much, but um, I was wondering why it's, it's, as, it's as upsetting as it is, right? A power outage is upsetting because if you live in a neighborhood where like this office that I am shooting from is 12, 20 blocks from my home, right? Like on the corner had power, we didn't and had the corner had power, right? So when you're in an environment where some have and some don't, when you're in an environment where your eyes don't see the problem and when you're in an environment where it can go on at any second, right? That's really what it comes down to. If any second it can change, you're like waiting, like any second. So when you're sitting in, in, in a home, let's say, and the power's out, so everything's pitch black, and the food, and the this, and the that, whatever it is, and the, the phones, and whatever else that you're, we're accustomed to that we don't have. In my case, to be honest with you, if the power goes out, that means there's, nothing, there's no, um, the boiler's not working. If the boiler's not working, you know what that means. That means there's no hot water pumping through my house, which means there's no coffee, which is a whole other story. There is this unease that takes place. I don't know if you agree or disagree. It's this unease that you get. Is it turning back on? Is it not turning back on? It's pitch black. It's not typically pitch black. And right away, you see the people that have happiness built into them. It's like unbelievable. There are some people that are just losing it because it's uncomfortable. It's hot. 
it's when is it going to turn on? Everything is disrupted. It's not catastrophic. It's not a crisis. Thank God everyone thinks God's okay. Just a little less power. People live like this a lot. People still live like this a lot. My grandmother didn't have running water or power ever when she was in Europe or she was in Romania. But in those environments that are uncomfortable, in those environments that are unsure, in those environments where you're waiting for something that's not coming, where you've expected something that now you don't have. You see, it's in those environments where you're seeing the, the muscle of happiness come out. If you've worked on your happiness, if you've managed to push through feelings of lack of happiness because you don't get your way, because the bus didn't come or because the person didn't call, if what we're doing every day is, is exercising the muscle of happiness, then when you get more inconvenience, you get through it and you can see it. You can walk down the block. You can speak to people and you can see right away. There's some people that are dealing with a small little problem called the power outage. It's not a big deal. And they're chill. They're looking for ways to make it fun. They're looking for ways to uh, make it memorable. And then there are people that are, they're losing it. They're not angry, but they're like on edge. And in this one little exercise that I hope will end soon, this whole concept of happiness leads to success. It's right there. The people that are empowered, they're making it, they're adapting, they're running a line here, putting food here, adapting here, going here, they're still in motion. And the people that are unable to deal with it, they're slowing down, they're more frustrated, they're snapping. And here you have like the most little, a little tiny marathon, if you will, that can last for days. That could be very inconvenient in a hot day and in a summer, summer months. But you're seeing right away how the people that come in, or I'm seeing right away, the people that come in with that right level of muscle called happiness are more successful in this area. The people that are naturally happier and have worked that muscle of happiness, which we'll get to how to do that, just the fact that you are more fit in the area of happiness, you can run into much more rugged terrains. You could be more successful right now. So you're not going to lose a bit. So you're going to keep on rolling. So everyone around you is going to have greater memories. So you're going to build resilience in your family. And the people that can't, as life throws them a, cur a curveball or two, you see them melting down. That's how it works. That's how it works. That's why it works. Because engaged, positive people are seeing ways to make uninspired environments or challenges as good as they can be. And when you see it that way, you usually do it. When you reach inside to find the power, usually if you're empowered, you have it. And as a result, you can exert it onto an environment that's challenging. You grow and you became, you be able to, you're able to do things where other people can't, other people, other people can't. 
And that's why this whole concept, and what I want to do today is I want to show the shift how we see challenges. Because it's shifting for me, because we're doing this. So it's like in my head. Like as I'm, as, as I'm going to bed last night and like whatever was going on, I'm thinking like happiness leads to success. I'm like, I'm like living it. Okay, this isn't a crisis. I'm not in a catastrophe. It's an inconvenience, but it's still challenging because there's thought going on every day. Happiness leads to success. Happiness leads to success. Be empowered. And just that understanding changes how you react to the environment. It changes what you can accomplish. It changes what you do. And then when the thing passes, it changes who you are. There are people right now, as I hope the virus continues to pass, because it hasn't, and I hope it will continue. It's not gone, but it's not March. There are people that I speak to that are in high levels of regret. Because when they had their family's home, they were, they were a mess. They were a mess. And so as a result, what they've accomplished was less. And in some cases, they went backwards. In some cases, their relationships are strained. In some cases, their kids see them as, as, as they, they respect them less. In some cases, I know this personally because of some of the work that we're working on right now, there are companies right now that are teetering on bankruptcy and others that are flying. And when, I, when we first went into that crisis, I thought it'd be flipped. There are companies that we're involved in right now that were poised to kill it. They were well-funded. They had a good management team. They, had a, they were ready to roll. And there are other companies that were totally like caught off guard. And it really comes down to the positivity and the negativity of the leaders. It's an amazing thing. It's real. It's not just in a study that we can read somewhere. It's real life and try it in your life. Try it in the challenge. And, but here's how, what I want to make sure it gets delivered today. Because this is what I was thinking about this morning. As we were running, my morning this morning was trying to run to find a location to tape this show. Because I don't want to miss with God's help. So I don't care if it's challenging. You keep on rocking. So I'm like, finally, then I found my, okay, set it up, the whole thing. Here's how I want you to see it. Here's how I'm looking at it. Right now, we're involved in a small little inconvenience called, called, a, uh, called a blackout. But whatever it is, we should look at every time we have a challenge as an exercise. Challenges are happiness exercises. You want to work out? You got to exercise. Right? You want to run a marathon? You got to exercise. You want to be a professional athlete? Get exercise. You ever watch professional athletes? As you know, I watch a lot of behind the scenes sports. I want to know what goes on behind the scenes. I think every video I've ever watched about a football team includes guys grunting, moaning, and like collapsing. I don't think I've ever seen a video once of a team that, were, that was great where the people didn't spend most of their time in pain. Because if you want to be the best, you got to work hard. If you want to be truly happy, you got to work hard. So that means that you got to look at every time you have a challenge as an opportunity to work your muscles. It's you're working. It's like you're walking into the weight room for happiness. That's what it is. You are training yourself to be always empowered 
And how do you do that? It's in theory, it won't work. So when a challenge is presented to you, if we look at it as I am right now in the weight room of happiness, then we will approach it from the perspective of how much can I gain in my happiness muscles? It'll be painful. I'm gonna work hard, I'm gonna sweat more, I'm gonna get thrown, but there's a lot to accomplish here. There's a lot that I can get. And if we live this way and talk this way and walk this way, we wake up one morning and we're gonna start dealing with challenges and they're gonna be like a cake for us, right? If you keep on running, at some point, you're hitting miles 10, 12, 15, 16, when you get up in the morning to do a three mile soft run, you're like not even sweating. And the person next to you doesn't run like, how'd you do it? You're like, what do you mean? I do this every day. Well, when you get up every morning and your perspective is, I am working my happiness muscle out. I'm in the weight room for happiness. At some point you wake up one morning and inconveniences that people are blown out by, you're not even like phased by. And then you start flying past people or forget that we start flying into who we are okay we'll hopefully talk pray for me i hope tomorrow I do this back in my uh in my study but if not hopefully we'll find a new place okay hope you're well have an incredible day and each of us let's try to exercise our muscles a little bit more today that's all i can't wait to see i can't wait to see you tomorrow